Welcome in, everyone, to the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, along with Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get Talking Tide at Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to get your podcast. We're live on Facebook and YouTube as well. The Twitter feed is talking underscore tide. Give us a, a like, a follow, a subscribe. Uh, we appreciate all that here on Talking Tide. Quickly want to thank a couple of local sponsors. First and foremost, Peter Brook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and as well, Heat Pizza Bar in downtown Government Square. More on both of them a little later in the program. Apologies that we were not able to get on the air on Sunday to recap Alabama's road win at Texas A&M. That's pretty much on me, uh, your host, your co-host. I uh, had a little trouble getting out of uh, Houston, which is actually where we stayed rather than College Station, and uh, just wasn't able to pull it off on Sunday. And so we'll do kind of a super pod here on a Wednesday Preview Alabama Arkansas first and foremost, Travis. But we'll go. We'll look back a little bit on A and M since we didn't have that weekend pod. Um, but first, uh, to set the stage for this upcoming game, Arkansas comes to town two and four. Travis zero and three in SEC play. Alabama coming in five and one and three and zero. Eleven a.m. kickoff early on ESPN, and it's homecoming. Travis, they're going to crank that homecoming parade at 7A for you for that 11 a.m. kick. The boys are going to have to uh, put it down early on Friday night if they want to be out there for that parade. Yeah, you're going to have that parade coming from one way up, uh, I guess, university, and then the team coming the other way on university. You're going to have processions uh, during the morning hours for sure, trying to get all the festivities taken care of and then play a little college football with Arkansas and Alabama there at 11 a.m. Been a rough stretch for the Razorbacks, Travis. The season has gone a little bit off the rails for Coach Sam Pittman's team. Alabama, to the contrary, seems to be trending up, played pretty well at Texas A&M, I thought. And again, we'll recap A&M a little bit later on in the program. Uh, but Arkansas, Travis, comes in kind of the typical Arkansas team in, in, in that they've got some explosiveness offensively, uh, but defensively, can you trust them? Um, defense, definitely the worry if you're Sam Pittman. Yeah, it, it's better when you look at the numbers so far this season for Arkansas, but when you dig a little deeper and just look at conference play, uh, that's where the issues come in a little bit. And look, it hasn't been an offense that's really helped the defense much, uh, too much in the way of turnovers, especially in conference play. And it's just been a rough stretch for this team, man. This is essentially its fourth straight road game. Um, and, and when you're talking about SEC play too, you know, the BYU loss in Fayetteville was uh, um, kind of a momentum killer for this Arkansas team. Then you go to LSU. Then you get Texas A&M and Arlington. Then you go on the road to Ole Miss, and now you're at Alabama. That's a rough stretch. I don't care who you are. Yeah, it has been rough, no doubt. K.J. Jefferson, um, a guy that I, that can give you a lot of problems, big guy, athletic guy, hard to bring down even when you get your hands on him, uh, strong guy. 
uh, with a big arm for sure. Andrew Armstrong at the wide receiver spot, far and away the leader for the Razorbacks in that regard. And, you know, Rocket Sanders is a guy who's kind of just now getting going. He missed a couple games early. Travis missed some action with an injury. Uh, he's been back for a few weeks now. Uh, but for a guy who ran the ball for 13, 1400 yards roughly a year ago, uh, he's somebody that that this Arkansas offense needs to establish every opportunity it gets. Yeah, we talk about Alabama's offensive line trying to work through some growing pains during the first three, four, five games of the season. You got some of those same issues for Arkansas up front. And there's only so much KJ Jefferson can do. Uh, he's a great quarterback. Think about a couple of years ago, this game in Tuscaloosa with he and Bryce Young. I mean, that was a heck of a show, but you said it. Other than Andrew Armstrong, Luke Haas, the freshman tight end, is out for the remainder of the season now. Um, you know, Armstrong is a guy that came in from Texas A&M Commerce as a transfer, 6'4", good-looking receiver, but I just don't know if there's enough to go along with him when you talk about the outside positions, the receiver positions. You're right. I think with Rocket and those backs, that's a strength for that offense, no doubt about it. Uh, in fact, you might see some two-back stuff uh, from Dan Enos's guys on the offensive side for Arkansas this week. But, um, you know, he, and, and KJ's getting hit a lot, too. I mean, the, he, he there's so much on him. I thought he was really heroic against LSU a couple weeks ago. But, again, there's he, he still needs some help. He does, and and A.J. Green's a guy they've kind of turned to in the backfield a little bit. Doesn't have a ton of carries, only 32 carries on the year, but A.J. Green, Travis, in, in uh, uh, getting a little bit of action as Sanders has gotten back, he's averaging six yards a pop, a couple of touchdowns, 32 for 195. So he brings a little juice to that Arkansas offensive backfield. Uh, but you do get the sense that Je a lot's on Jefferson's shoulders. He's probably trying to do a little bit too much uh, in this offense last year for him um, and trying to carry things. That's never a, never a good thing. Um, defensively, Dwight McLaughlin at cornerback, Jaheim Thomas at linebacker, a couple of leaders for that Arkansas defense. Um, that group kind of up and down, I, I think, I, you know, it, it's going to be critical for Ar Arkansas, I think, defensively to uh, to try to get pressure with four. Uh, we talk about it all the time, how how critical that is. And, and you know, with a young guy like Jalen Milrow, quarterback in Alabama, you can probably get away with bringing five a little bit more often because a guy with a little less experience might not burn – that fifth man and the gap that he leaves behind trying to blitz. Um, but that being said, uh, Milrose seems to be getting better and better through for 300 plus last week against Texas A&M. So uh, offensively for Alabama, um, running game's got to be reestablished. First of all, it was atrocious against A&M. You tip your hat to A&M on that largely. I think Travis, they've got one of the best run defenses in college football, only giving up about 85 yards a game on the ground. Uh, but in practice this week for Alabama, you got to think that running game had to have been a pretty strong emphasis. 
You would think so. And it's an Arkansas defense that, again, when you look more so at league play, giving up about 195 yards per game on the ground. So this should be a week in which Alabama can get that ground game going again uh, with Chase McClellan, Roydell Williams, uh, maybe some Jalen Milrow in that mix too. Uh, absolutely. You knew it was going to be a big challenge last week against that A&M front. But I think even the threat of the run still helps Alabama because in that game against A&M, Alabama was able to capitalize on some hard play action a couple of times and, and get those single high safety looks with man coverage on the outside. And, you know, if Alabama gets that right now with Jermaine Burton and the way that Jalen Milrow is delivering the football down the field, it probably feels pretty good about that. But Travis Williams, the first year defensive coordinator for Arkansas, he isn't afraid to dial it up. I mean, he is zero, cover zero, he'll, he'll go from time to time. So um, he, he'll put those guys out there and, and see what they can get done in man coverage situations. Speaking of defensive backs, Malachi Moore injured against Texas A&M. Did not look good for him at all coming off the field in College Station, bearing no weight at all uh, on one of his legs. Sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision for the Crimson Tide. Uh, and this is the second time this season where we've not been sure if he's going to be able to go. Remember, Malachi had uh, an injury issue early in the year. I think before the Texas game, he was at least somewhat questionable, ended up playing in that one. Uh, but he's a key cog in that secondary in a couple of different ways, communication-wise, calls, and obviously what he brings in terms of versatility, in terms of uh, run support. Um, he, he's a guy Alabama can ill afford to miss. Yeah, I think this is a week if you don't have him, not that you ever want to be without him this season, this is a, a week where you might be able to withstand it within league play. Uh, if you could get him back, if he doesn't go this week for Tennessee, that obviously would be great because Tennessee's going to put you in nickel a lot. And then, first and foremost, try to run the ball at you. And that's where Malachi, as you said, he's been a strong presence, not just in coverage, but against the run as well. So uh, as far as Arkansas, as we talked about earlier, just not a lot in terms of weaponry, explosiveness uh, that can hurt you that way. Uh, I think Alabama will be in nickel probably a good bit again this week, maybe not much dime, which – that right now probably worries me as much as anything for Alabama if Malachi's not in there because you get the six defensive backs, you know, you're moving on from really five that you still really feel really good about. You know, come with Trey Amos at corner, Terry and Arnold inside, Malachi at, uh, excuse me, Kool-Aid at the other corner and those safeties. Still feel pretty good about those five. And not that Christian Story hadn't been around and doesn't understand what's going on. It's just the guy hadn't played a lot of football on defense. Go ahead and take a look back at that win over Texas A&M this past Saturday. We'll stay with the defense. We were just talking about defense, another strong effort from that group. Pass rush strong, especially late. Travis back-to-back -back sacks to kind of help seal it in the fourth quarter, including one that was uh, actually an intentional grounding call in the end zone that generated a huge safety for Alabama, uh, made it a two-score game, got Alabama the ball back, Justin Aboibe, uh, you love to see him uh, have something good happen after what happened with him in the neck injury last year. So huge moment for him. And and uh, that pass rush got after Max Johnson, but especially late. Um, we saw this against Ole Miss late. Uh, the, the, the pass rush for Alabama 
seems to really key it up with a little bit of a lead late in the game. Yeah, once they kind of figure out that you're going to have to throw it pretty much every down, that's not a good place to be against this Alabama defense. And, you know, we talk so much about how the ground game will wear down a defense. Well, you can get worn down by trying to deal with a pass rush like that, too. I mean, uh, it, it, it does accumulate over the course of a game. And I give Max Johnson a lot of credit because he stood in there, tried to stand in there anyway, time after time, uh, and deliver the football. But it wasn't just Alice Turner. It wasn't just Chris Braswell. I mean, when some of these guys like a Boyd B and Tim Keenan and uh, Jaheim Otis and Damon Payne, when they start getting it going too to go along with those guys on the outside – and a and right now doesn't necessarily have, in my opinion, running backs that are adept in pass protection. And you start bringing the Tress Marshalls and the Deontay Lawsons. I like the way Alabama mixed it up. You know, they brought four for the most part, but sometimes they'd bring the inside linebackers as part of a simulated pressure. I, I thought it was a good plan, and it was also obviously carried out very well. Yeah, they look good. Deontay Lawson, I, I wondered how he would look uh, with that ankle injury. He was coming off. He played in what looked like some kind of a wrap on his leg, but he was lights out. I mean, he looked 100% to me. He thought he had an exceptional game for Alabama. That was definitely good to see uh, for sure. Bose well for him over the second half of the season, That at least for now anyway. He looks like he's uh, completely off of that ankle injury. Yeah, it was like the second or third play of the game. And what AM ran that crosser with Moose Muhammad, and he was able to get the corner with Trez Marshall chasing him. Uh, and then you see Deontay Lawson at the end of that play because Alabama's corner, I think it was Terry and Arnold, had gotten run off. You know, so his back's to that play for a lot of it. So Deontay Lawson is having to pursue to try to help make the tackle. And he did. I thought that was a sign that this guy's maybe better off than I anticipated him being at this point. And uh, it was a sign of some good things to come in the game. Offensively for Alabama against Texas A&M, Travis, definitely uh, the story was Jalen Milrow career high, 321 yards uh, played extremely well without, without a running game at all. Uh, I think we hit on this earlier. Alabama couldn't move the ball at all on the ground, uh, got penalized a lot too. 14 penalties, most of them on offense, most of them pre-snap stuff. Looked like Alabama had that penalty issue cleaned up in the second half. They went through the whole third quarter with zero penalties after getting, I think, seven in the first half. And then they sprung seven more in the fourth quarter. So uh, just kind of came unglued all over again from a penalty standpoint. You combine that with the, the issues in the running game. And to me, it just gets more and more impressive, Travis, that Jalen Milrow seems to be getting a little bit better each week in spite of the fact that the offensive around him continues to break down in, in multiple ways, whether it's run game issues, pass protection issues, penalty issues, shotgun snap issues. I mean, I, I'm waiting for Alabama to play lights out around him just once. Uh, and and it, ha it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, and that's why you hear talk about a trap game maybe this week between Texas A&M and Tennessee with the Arkansas team that's struggling. With this offense still, every week's a trap game potentially. <laughs> I mean, you're still going to go into this game Saturday thinking 
yeah, it was, it was positive. It was very positive to see Jalen respond to some of those situations that you outlined like he did and had the type of performance that he had. But I still don't know if anyone goes into this game on Saturday thinking all is well. Everything is good for this Animal Alabama house. offense. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if the trust is quite there yet with this offense, but it does. It starts with cleaning up the penalties. Now, you know, when we look at a lot of those, especially over the last two seasons, they typically involved road games, right? So you're at home the next couple of weeks. Uh, you should be okay. Really, the next three games you're at home. That's the good news in all this. You don't go on the road until November the 11th next mm-hmm. to get, take on Kentucky. And Kroger Field isn't exactly Knoxville. And, um, you know, and then you go to Auburn. But you, you got the home game set up for you here. No doubt. Uh, special teams looking good for Alabama once again. A couple of huge plays the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, they get a blocked punt against AM. There's a blocked field goal from Chris Braswell. Uh, he would have taken that to the house had it not been for a, a chintzy call on Dallas Turner for an illegal block that, that, that I thought should have just been a no call. I think most people uh, thought that as well. Uh, but Will Riker continues to look outstanding. Wasn't bad as a punter either when he got thrown into that role, Travis, with James Burnham not right with a pulled muscle. Yeah, he looked very comfortable, you know, in handling that. And it tells me they're comfortable with him because if you weren't, you'd be traveling another punter that you would have set and ready to go if that sort of situation presented himself. Fortunately, Burnup's injury wasn't so severe that he couldn't hold, so he was still able to handle that for Will Reichert on field goals and extra points. But uh, it's a question mark, no doubt, along with Malachi Moore this week. Uh, do they ask Reichard to pull double duty? Um, I, after what I saw in in uh, College Station, that, that wouldn't surprise me. All right, checking in with the Vegas man and the ticket man, as we do in the midweeker each week. The Vegas man, Travis, has Alabama favored by 20. Uh, it's 20 and a half in some places. It's trending up, might be 21 by the end of the week. Uh, that's my pick this week, Arkansas plus the points. I think it's too many. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, that's a lot. You know, I could see kind of a 31-13 game, something like that, you know, with this one. I think you're going to have some field goals because both these kickers, uh, Cam Little for Arkansas, if you haven't seen that guy, he can do it too. He's probably the two best kickers in the league coming up on Saturday. So I think they'll get opportunities. Also, when you talk about touchdown conversion rate, these two offenses are among the worst in the SEC. They don't convert enough red zone opportunities in the end zone. Their red zone percentages look good because they got two kickers. They can bang them home right. you know, when, when they get jammed up. But yeah, I, that's kind of game I'm envisioning. So I, if I was forced to to make a call right now, yeah, 20, 20 and a half. Seems a little high to me. Cheap tickets online already for this homecoming matchup, Travis. Uh, the likes of which you don't often see at Bryant-Denny in SEC play. 20 bucks will get you into the upper deck. Uh, and between the 40s and that lower bowl, usually you see that at least 250 to 500 for SEC games. How about about a, 150 for Arkansas, Travis? It, uh I don't know if it's the 11 a.m. start or what. You would think for homecoming, those prices would be jacked up, but it seems like it's just the opposite for this one. 
Yeah, and coming off an inspiring win, right, over Texas A&M, those prices kind of reek of Alabama coming off a loss more than a win. But I think you said it, the early kickoff. um, And Arkansas being 0-3 in the league. And Arkansas is bringing nobody with him. So you're not getting any type of impact from the, the traveling fan base, which more and more it seems like these days you get less and less even from teams that are playing well, fan bases of teams that are playing well. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be a rough one. Now, look, Ticketman knows he's still got Tennessee. He's pulling hard for Tennessee Saturday against Texas A&M. Yes. And he knows he's got LSU on the horizon. So he can deal with this a little bit coming up on Saturday because he knows he's got the balls and the Tigers down the road. Once those when he wants those Tigers to keep to, to keep winning too squeaked one out mm-hmm. against Missouri last week and uh, and a wild one but yeah uh, he's he's counting on those two down the stretch to uh, to bring that profit home all right really quickly here on talking Tiger I thank a couple of sponsors going to start by telling you all about Heat Pizza Bar and that fantastic pizza that Frank Fleming and his staff is serving up signature pizzas. Uh, they've got the Thai chicken pizza. They've got the standard. Uh, you just can't beat it. Uh, chicken, bacon, ranch, you name it. They do it all at Heat Pizza. Super salads, super sides. They got those jalapeno poppers that I like a whole lot. And, of course, a full bar as well. Downtown in Government Square. Super atmosphere. Always plenty of flat screens uh, for your sports viewing. If you're not going to the Alabama-Arkansas game, this weekend. Check it out at Heat. They'll have it all over those flat screens. You can bank on that. Great daily specials too, including that Thursday special pepperoni or cheese pizza, just eight bucks from 2 to 6 p.m. Also $3 off cocktails on Thursdays from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. So the next time you're in the mood for some great pizza, go see the folks at Heat Pizza Bar, 2256th Street, downtown in Government Square. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, Suite 16. 16 years in business, Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. Got that great milk chocolate, chocolate wheel. Sometimes they'll run that dark chocolate on that chocolate wheel. It'll be the milk chocolate. When you walk into Peter Brook Chocolatier and that aroma, that beautiful aroma, kind of takes you over, that's where it's emanating from. That chocolate in-house wheel that they have there so they can hand dip, freshly dip those strawberries and an assortment of items for you. Those graham crackers are great in any of those chocolates. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network, rolling on the Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. You can Give us a follow right there on Twitter. You'll get quick links to all of our podcasts right there. Travis, uh, we look around the SEC these last few minutes. As always, Texas A&M, the aforementioned Aggies, on the road at Tennessee. That'll be a fun one. I think it's only the fourth time they've played each other since A&M joined the league. Uh, Looking forward to that one as well. That one's going to be interesting to me because of the run game matchup because Tennessee runs for 230 a game. They got one of the best running games in college football, and as we said before, A&M doesn't give it up on the ground. Uh, one of the top 10 teams in the NCAA in that regard. That one's going to be fun. 
It is, and I think if you're Tennessee, you're watching that Alabama tape and thinking, you know what Joe Milton can do? He can throw the football about 3,000 yards in the air. Right. So we're going to take a lot of shots down the field with that Tennessee passing game because I think even for Tennessee with that offensive line going against A&M's defensive front, it's going to be tougher to run the ball than Tennessee would like. But, again, some of those matchups that Alabama took advantage of, uh, the Vols should be able to as well. Missouri on the road at Kentucky, Travis. Both these teams coming off their first loss of the season, 5-1. and one. Kentucky got drummed by Georgia in a pretty embarrassing fashion in Athens. Missouri played LSU at home, lost by 10 uh, in that one. So uh, kind of a pecking order game in the SEC East right there with Missouri and Kentucky. Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, Missouri will be a little more demoralized than even Kentucky. And I know that was a, we were anticipating that matchup with Georgia. I didn't think Kentucky would win the game. I thought more so if Georgia played the way it had in some games against South Carolina and Auburn, at least on the scoreboard, it could look pretty good at the end of the game. Unfortunately for Kentucky, Georgia decided to show up offensively from the outset. And with that, Kentucky had zero chance to make it even look good. So, um, I'll go with Kentucky in that one. That should be a good game, though. I think I like UK as well. It was a breakout game for Carson Beck in that Georgia win over Kentucky for sure. And Devin Leary hadn't been what they thought he'd be in Kentucky uh, just yet, Travis. He struggled in SEC play for sure. Uh, Brady Cook, I think, is having a better season than Leary. But I do like the Cats at home. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Florida's at South Carolina. Auburn is at LSU. Florida, South Carolina, I think will be a tight one, Travis. Auburn and LSU could as well, but you know, you keep waiting for Auburn's offense to come untracked. Maybe this is the week because LSU can't stop anybody. Maybe this is finally the week we see Auburn's offense come to life. Yeah, if you need to find a passing game or figure out a passing game for an offense, LSU, as crazy as that sounds, because of so much of DBU and all those things throughout the years, uh, this is a defense to do it against, but I think I still like the uh, the LSU Tigers in that one. Hey, I like LSU at home. I think I like South Carolina at home against those Gators. All right, before we get out of here on Talking Tide, let's hit that 2D tumbler one time, see if it kicks somebody out that we've already talked about like it usually does here on the podcast. Who's coming out of there today? Here we have it. Wena, wena. There it goes. It's the Powerball. Number one, Kool-Aid oh. McKinstry coming out of that two-deep tumbler. He's in the one-deep uh, Kool-Aid <laughs> McKinstry. Uh, outstanding year for him at the uh, cornerback position, Travis. Um, you know, as a return guy, been a little up and down. I guess a little ball security hiccups here and there uh, this season. But, boy, uh, him and Terry and Arnold together as corners have really kind of come into their own. Spe- Arnold especially, because um, McKinstry was giving it to you even last year, more so than Arnold w- was. But as a tandem, uh, they're looking awful good, and, and uh, McKinstry has been excellent. He's on his way to being a first-round pick, I think. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And even with the hands-type issues, 
that he's had on punt returns, he still recovered that onside kick at A&M there late. So that was good to see for him. Um, you know, I, you're right. Those two corners right now are playing at high level. And I, I really still think if Trey Amos needs to play more this week, uh, he can get the job done too. Obviously, you want to get Malachi back in there as soon as possible. But transfer portal-wise in that secondary, Alabama looks to have done some pretty good work between Jalen Key and Trey Amos. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Thanks to all for joining us. Travis and I will reconvene this weekend to recap Alabama's game against Arkansas for homecoming. Until then, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll talk to you this weekend here on Talking Tide.